Meine Damen und Herren, Ladies and gentlemen, dear shareholders and guests, I'd like to welcome you to this year's AGM of FL Smith and Company here at the Falconer Center in Copenhagen. As chairman of the AGM, as in previous years, we have asked Mr. Klaus Sukor, who is a lawyer, to take us through the meeting. But before I give the floor to Mr. Sukor to act as our chairman, I'd like to show you a little film about our new group strategy. This was announced on the 21st of February this year. The power of 13,000 people moving in the same direction. At FL Smith, we have developed a new group strategy. A strategy that will unite our business and create one strong company. But what is the group strategy all about? Well, let's have a closer look. Today, we base our business on two equally strong legs. We are market leader in cement and we have a strong platform for further growth in minerals. In the future, we envision to have a leading position as full service provider in what we have defined as our six key industries, cement, copper, coal, iron ore, gold, and fertilizers. We will rely on our core technologies within materials handling and minerals processing, from quarry through packing. We will limit our industry technology proposition to this range and not go further upstream into mining and extraction. Our new vision will guide the way as we will be our customers' preferred full-service provider of sustainable minerals and cement technologies. And that's what the group strategy is all about. Uniting the business and transforming FL Smith into a truly global full-service provider within our key industries and core technologies. So, to become the leading and preferred full-service provider... We need to differentiate ourselves from our competitors. We will do this by aligning our products and technologies to our customers' needs and requirements, and hereby innovatively outmaneuver competitors' offerings. With a group strategy, we commit to a continuous development of products and solutions that are more sustainable than current products, both in production and operation of our technologies. Not just because it is good for the surrounding society, but also because it is good business for our customers and for us. We want to bundle and combine our offerings and supply integrated products and capabilities all while working closely together with our customers to make sure we deliver the solutions they need. To accomplish this, we need to unite our business. And to do that, we basically need to focus on three key strategic themes. First, Get Closer is about us as a company and as individuals understanding our customers' current and future needs. We need to build long-term relationships with our customers and involve them in our product development, hence linking their input to our innovation. By establishing customer intimacy, we are able to expand our business opportunities. Second, Think Innovation aims at achieving product leadership in the market. To do so, we will combine our core competencies into service offerings for our customers and create products that reflect our customers' life cycle. Products and machinery are no longer regarded as the end, but rather the means to supply services fulfilling our customers' needs. And finally, 
Seek excellence implies empowering ourselves and our colleagues to work and act proactively. We need a strong culture of systematic precision and commitment to reach operational efficiency. This is about developing more standardized processes to deliver high-quality services and products. And equally important, execute even complicated EPC projects according to our customers' needs. What really can differentiate our competitive position is the interplay between our strategic themes. We cannot win the battle if we invest in only one theme. We need to be balanced and interlinked in order to strike the right approach. We need to align our products and service bundles with our customers' needs. Drawing support from all three strategic themes, while extending our scope, flow sheet and footprint within our selected key industries, we can enjoy profitable growth and meet our target of annual growth above market average. The new group strategy is not a revolution, but rather an evolution that builds on F.L. Smith's heritage and established business unit strategies. Evolutionary theory has taught us that the species most adaptable to change are the ones who survive. Therefore, we have chosen to kick off the strategy execution process by changing our organizational structure and aligning it to our new strategy. Our foundation is now built around four divisions. Customer services, bulk materials, non-ferrous and cement, each with a great potential. A lot of great work is already being done throughout our organization. The group strategy just sets the direction for a coordinated and accelerated leap forward. It is indeed possible to reach our ambitious targets, thus materializing our new vision. Just imagine the power of 13,000 people moving in the same direction, engineering a stronger F.L. Smith. One source, one company, one strategy. As chairman of the uh, AGM, I will continue in Danish and deal with various formalities. First one is to ascertain that the meeting has been lawfully convened and forms a quorum. I've already checked that. So I can uh, tell you that I will reach that conclusion in a little while. There are some requirements we need to comply with. Articles 5 to 10 of the Article of Association and other requirements from Stock Exchange legislation and the Danish Companies Act. We must hold the meeting before the end of April. We must hold it, the AGM, in Greater Copenhagen. And we must convene the AGM by three to five weeks' notice. According to the Articles of Association, it must be done on the website and the Danish Business Authority and their computer system. In addition, as an additional service, the company sends out material to shareholders. Well, all these conditions we are in compliance with. So we are lawfully convened, I believe, and we form a quorum. If you don't agree, please let me know. If not, I will proceed and conclude that the AGM has been lawfully convened. I'll give you a bit of information about presents. 1,237 have asked for admission cards, 823 shareholders. Before we start the film, 600, about 600 had arrived, all in all, and... We have almost 500 shareholders who have voted in advance uh, by using the forms where you can tick off how 
tick off how you want to vote. Now, as regards today's AGM, I can tell you it's being webcast so people can watch it on the internet. Uh, please remember to turn off your cell phones or your mobile phones or turn them on mute. Now, if we get to a vote today, we can do it much quicker than we have done before. We now have the so-called e-voter, so we can vote electronically. It's very swift, very painless. So if we need votes, um, we will show you a little film about how to use these e-voters. There are two different situations, yes and no votes. They're very simple, very easy. And then if we need to vote on the candidates for the board, it takes a little bit longer because you have to vote you know, for the individual candidate. That can take 10, 15 minutes. Um, whereas a yes, no vote, of course, can be done very quickly. But if it becomes relevant, if we need to do that, I'll come back to that. The management review, the presentation of the annual report for 2011, that's Mr. Van Townsend, who will now take over as chairman of the board of directors. It is with uh, some humility, but also pride, that I stand on this rostrum for the first time as a chairman of the board of F.L. Smith & Company to present the management review of the company's activities. We actually achieved the expected results for 2011 due to favorable, favorable market trends and earnings growth in minerals and solid order execution in cement. It's particularly noteworthy that in the fourth quarter of 2011, the group posted its best quarterly operating result ever. The EBIT was $870 million in, in the fourth quarter alone. In minerals, 2011 was a record year by all means, you know, in terms of order intake, revenue and earnings. The minerals business actually is now larger than the cement business, accounting for 56% of the revenue in 2011. The order intake went up by 16% in 2011 to 24 billion krona. This growth primarily reflects a strong market development in minerals, where the order intake increased by 45% due to very strong underlying market trends across the segments and geographies in minerals. In cement, however, order intake declined by 18%. No new operating maintenance contracts were concluded in 2011. In 2010, we did conclude these so-called O&M contracts for more than $2.5 billion. Now, exclusive of customer services, the order intake in cement increased by 17% in 2011. The order intake in cement was also negatively affected by traditionally large cement markets in India and North Africa, there were various standstills for various national reasons. So, 27.1 billion was the order backlog, uh, so that's a 14% increase. We expect that 62% of the order backlog will be transformed into revenue in 2012 and 23% in 2013. So we have a high level of transparency, and we actually already know by and large, the revenue for 2012. Our revenue went up by 9% in 2011 to 22 billion, primarily attributable to minerals, uh, because in that area our revenue went up by 29%. The gross profit amounted to 5.7 billion krona in 2011. 
that corresponds to a gross margin of 26.1%. In cement, the gross margin rose due to high uh, customer services revenue and projects that were completed with a positive result. In minerals, however, the gross margin decreased marginally compared with 2010. That was mainly because of two loss-making projects. EBIT went up by 9% to 2.2 billion, corresponding to an EBIT margin of 9.9%. It's actually the fifth year in succession that F.L. Smith can report an EBIT margin between 9 and 10%. That's unusual for a cyclical business, not least considering the fact that we have had certainly seen a period with major cyclical fluctuations. The stable level of margins reflects the fact that F.L. Smith has a robust business model based on a flexible cost structure where we have a limited amount of long-term assets and low fixed costs. Because of that, we can we can adapt and adjust resources and costs to the prevailing level of activity as we move forward. Profit for the year increased 12% to $1.5 billion, so that's um, 27.1 kroner per share. Cash flow from operations amounted to $1.1 billion. This represents a slight decline from the year before because of an increase in working capital and because of taxes paid. Taxes paid amounted to a total of 812 million kroner. That's markedly higher than the year before. This is because of an intercompany sale of intellectual property rights in the group to the Danish parent company triggered higher tax payments abroad. The working capital at the end of 2011 was 1.6 billion kroner. This is a strong increase in the fourth quarter due to a very high order execution activity and revenue, uh, particularly in December. So lots of invoices were actually issued which were not due for payment in 2011. In 2011, F.L. Smith made considerable investments in organic growth as well as in acquisitions of businesses and activities. Cash flows from investing activities, was the, these flows were negative at 1.6 billion kroner. 733 million of that amount has to do with the purchase and sale of tangible and intangible assets for the purpose of maintenance and expansive initiatives such as investments in a common global IT system and strategic steps to support growth in customer services. Right now there are plans to invest in eight service supercenters, four of which are expected to be operational in 2012 in Chile, Peru and Australia. A uh, service supercenter includes uh, such things as workshop and training facilities, plus then a stock of critical spare parts. The overall purpose is to get closer to customers and to reduce the lead time for critical components. In addition, we are investing at the moment in production facilities in China and India. We're expanding there to be able to um, produce or manufacture critical spare parts uh, in-house. The group's new 38,000 square meter manufacturing plant in Quindao, you can see it behind me, uh, opened in February this year. The acquisition and disposal of enterprises had a negative effect on cash flow amounting to 915 million. There were a total of five business acquisitions in the year under review. And these were ESSA, they specialize in design, manufacture and servicing of sampling equipment for the minerals industry. And then there's Derimec. That's a specialized Italian gear producer. 
the US-based company Philips Kiln Services, so that's Kiln Services actually to the global cement and minerals industry, the Nelson Group, that's a Canadian company specializing in the recovery of precious metals, and then Transway in India, they supply various types of uh, gravimetric uh, feeding equipment. These five acquired companies in their part when they've been part of the F.L. Smith Group have had a positive influence on the revenue to the tune of 221 million krona. We hope to make more acquisitions in 2012 to support our vision of being the customer's preferred full-service provider of sustainable mineral and cement technologies. There's a company that F.L. Smith is interested in. We've submitted a a bit for it. Ludovici, it's an Australian company, it's listed there, it's the world's leading supplier of coal centrifuges, uh, vibrating screens and complementary service activities. Now if we, if we can do this acquisition of Ludovici, uh, we'll be able to offer a complete range of coal processing products and we'll be able to expand our portfolio in copper and iron ore. We offered uh, 11 Australian dollars per share in Ludovici that's about 2.3 billion krona. This price corresponds to about 13.9% EBITDA. If we compare, in 07 we paid about 14.7 times EBITDA for GLNV. Total workforce went up by 1,975 people, 18%, to a total of 13,204 employees at the end of 2011. Companies acquired contributed 813 persons. Operation and maintenance contracts led to recruitment of 333 hourly paid employees. In addition, Minerals has seen in a general expansion of its workforce so as to be able to handle the increase in order intake. As regards the development in minerals and cement, let me give you the following brief uh, summary. The market conditions for minerals equipment and services was favorable. That market was favorable in 2011, despite the global macroeconomic uncertainty we saw in the year under review. This is because the minerals market still sees handsome growth, uh, reflecting you know, changes in the sciences of developing countries. The growing middle class in some of these countries is boosting demand for infrastructure, consumer goods based on minerals and metals. Moreover, mineral supplies are limited because there has been several years of underinvestment in the mining industry and there's a decreasing ore quality in existing mines so that supplies are under pressure. To this can be added that unexploited ore deposits are less accessible. Mineral prices generally have kept at a high level. There have been fluctuations, obviously, in the year under review, but the capacity utilization in existing mines remains very high. In our prioritized industries, we've seen high activity in copper, gold, and coal in 2011. As mentioned, last year was a record year for minerals. The order intake totaled 15.9 billion, and the revenue was 20, sorry, 12.4. 12.4. Uh, the EBIT margin rose to 10.6%. Let's move then to the cement industry and look at demand for equipment and services. It was relatively weak in 2011. Hard-pressed economies in the Western world, political unrest in North Africa, and a temporary economic slowdown in India um, because high growth rates have led to rapid inflation, actually. 
so there have been other there's put a damper on investments because of these higher interest rates in north africa we've had the arab spring of course some uncertainty with that temporarily reducing the willingness to invest and the, and the use of cement. In the U.S. and Europe, business has been flat due to the financial crisis and low growth. On the other hand, there's also been positive trends, particularly in demand from Russia, Central Africa and South America. The global market for newly contracted cement kiln capacity, exclusive of China, totaled 46 million annual tons in 2011. F.L. Smith had a market share of 31%. Both order intake, revenue and earnings showed a downward trend in 2011 in uh, cement. The order intake was 8.2 billion, revenue 8.4. The EBIT margin fell in step with uh, the decline in revenue but ended at a satisfactory level of 10% for cement. Due to the fact that lead times have extended to up to two years or even longer due to the global crisis, it's only now that we can see the lower order intake in 2009 reflects it in our revenue. Semprit, that's the only remaining building materials producer in the group, today actually Europe's largest dedicated provider of fiber cement products. Simprit increased its revenue and earnings in 2011, despite the market trends that were stagnant to slightly declining. Turnover in Simprit, 1.5 billion. The EBIT margin was 4%. Traditionally, F.L. Smith has had a conservative approach in regard to capital structure. We have an overall aim of keeping our debt, gearing and financial risk relatively low. This is uh, because we are executing major projects on behalf of customers that requires a sound balance sheet and adequate solvency. Actually, we also receive considerable prepayments for customers from customers, so they are part of it, uh, but they're not really ours yet in the group, you could say, because they're prepayments. Well, F.L. Smith will continue to have a conservative approach to capital structure. But with the capital strength, the financial strength we've shown in the financial crisis, we have more freedom of action. Going forward, the aim is to maintain an equity ratio of more than 30% and to achieve a net debt position with a gearing of up to a maximum of twice the EBITDA. The interest-bearing net debt at the end of 2011 was 98 million, so that was a gearing of practically nothing, nil. Management wishes to and board management and board wish to maintain capital reserves to finance future expansion and to strengthen the group's commercial position through acquisition and organic growth. Capital resource at the moment are consist of committed credit facilities. We have a club deal that's five billion kroner with a weighted time to majority of four point three years. We also have mortgage financing and other long term committed facilities amounting to a total of one point two billion kroner. It's F.L. Smith's policy to pay out 30 to 50% of the year's profit in dividend, depending on the capital structure and investment opportunities. This year, the board directors proposes to the AGM to pay a dividend for 2011 of 9 kroner per share, that is 33% of the profit for the year under review. As we saw in the film, we have launched a new group strategy, reflecting an ongoing evaluation 
and a natural actual continuation of the development which the group has undergone over the last decade. F.L. Smith has developed. It was a diversified conglomerate before. Today it's a specialized, focused business group supported by two equally strong business legs or segments, cement and minerals. It is expected that future growth will take place primarily in minerals. The new group strategy has therefore been designed to exploit this very growth potential. It is F.L. Smith's new strategy to differentiate itself as a focused, full-service provider to six selected industries in cement and minerals. So it's six industries, right? Coal, iron ore, fertilizer minerals, copper, gold and cement. We've selected these very industries, these particular industries, on the basis of a thorough analysis of our existing core competences and market position combined with the growth and market potential of these industries. Now, in these six industries, we want to provide full-service solutions, including all core technologies. We have to be able to supply uh, fully finished, complete solutions, including service, operation, and maintenance. Sailor products and machinery should no longer be seen as an end, but as a means by which we provide full-service solutions to customers. Now, as we are working towards this goal, we are working on three different strategic themes – customer intimacy, product leadership, and operational excellence. Our particular focus is customer intimacy. Obviously, all these three themes need to be properly balanced. We want to align solutions to customer needs to extend our scope, our flow sheets, geographical footprint to achieve annual growth, growth rates above the market average. We all it's also an objective for us to deliver an EBIT margin, EBITA margin of between 10 and 13%. Now, to carry out, to implement this strategy, we've chosen to change the group structure. We will have four primary divisions going forward. Customer services will be separated out from cement and minerals as an independent division. Minerals will be split into two divisions. Bulk materials, supplying equipment for handling uh, bulk materials such as coal and iron ore, and secondly, non-ferrous. That's process equipment for the extraction of non-ferrous minerals. So this is copper, gold, other basic uh, materials, or base materials, and precious uh, metals. Now, we're convinced that if we split up into four divisions, each with its own customer segment and market dynamics, we'll be able to provide, uh, you know, exploit, we'll be able to exploit the growth potential of each of these four divisions. As a consequence of that, the new group structure, we've uh, enlarged our group executive management to six persons. We wanted, the board wanted to do that so as to release the leadership potential in the group and create ownership and focus in the group executive management in accordance with the new group structure and strategy. Jürgen Huno Rasmussen, he will continue as the group CEO. Paul Eric Tufter, he was the group CFO of F.L. Smith for, over, for more than nine years, but as announced in early January, he has chosen to resign in order to pursue a board career. So he stops today, actually, having obviously monitored the annual report and the AGM here. On behalf of the board, I'd like to take the opportunity to thank you, Paul Eric, for these great efforts, and we wish you all the best in your future career. As the new group CFO, 
the board has appointed Ben Guren, who will take over on the 10th of April. Ben Guren is Norwegian. He's 50 years old, 51 years old. He's a state-authorized public accountant, has a lot of professional practical experience from previous positions as CFO in Jotun and also in the accounting profession. Bjarne Malke Hansen will be responsible for Customer Services Division, and he'll continue to be based in Chennai in India. Peter Flanagan has been appointed as the head of non the non Division, and member of the Group Executive Management. Peter Flanagan is an American, 46 years old, based in Salt Lake City in the U.S., Peter is among the few who's actually experienced to be acquired by Phil Smith twice. The first time was in 1990 when we acquired our largest cement competitor, Fuller Fuller Company. And the second time when we acquired GLNV Process in 2007. Oh, well. Pierre Minor Christensen has been appointed head of the cement division. Pierre Minor is 44 years old. He's been with the FL Smith Group since 92. Among other assignments, Pierre has been posted to Thailand and China. Most recently, he was in charge of the largest cement projects division. Now, Christian Jespen, he was supposed to become the head of the bulk materials division. However, Christian told us a couple of weeks ago that he had received an offer from Alcoa, one of our big minerals customers, an offer he could not refuse. He's been with the FL Smith Group for 22 years, the last seven years, he has actually spearheaded our successful expansion of the minerals business. We are really sorry about Christian's decision, but we are happy to have him here still for a few months so that he can help launch the new group structure before he leaves us. Carsten R. Lund, he will be the new group executive vice president in F.L. Smith and Company AS and a member of the Group Executive Management when Christian Jepsen Jepsen resigns in July 2012. Carsten Lund, he will then be the head of the new bulk materials division. He will move from our headquarters in Denmark to the Global Technology Center for Material Handling located in Wattgassen in Germany. He's 49 years old. He's uh, had various managerial positions in the F.L. Smith Group over the last 24 years. He was most recently the program director in charge of implementing a comprehensive IT-based business system for the entire Feldsmith Group. Before that, he was in charge of our um, air pollution control business. Now, the agenda for the board in 2011. Well, we held six board meetings, focusing mainly on the group strategy, the product strategy, business acquisition, management evaluation, and then general governance and compliance matters. The Committee for Corporate Governance, have they have updated their recommendations in August 2011. They are focusing on greater diversity in Danish boards of directors. In FL Smith, the board of directors continue, continuously evaluate the diversity of the board and the executive management, as well as among managers and employees. So we do consider diversity when we assess the overall uh, you know, evaluation of profiles and qualifications in connection with nominations and selections. One aspect of diversity is gender distribution on the board, executive management and other managerial levels. Now, at the end of 2011, women accounted for 16% of the total workforce in F.L. Smith in the group, but only uh, 8% of all managers were female. Our aim is for the number of female managers to more clearly reflect the total number of women uh, employed. 
in the short term. We want the number of female managers to be at least 10% in 2014. And when we fill vacant managerial positions in the future, a female candidate must be among those in the final run-up. That has been decided. Now, as regards the remuneration of the executive management, it consists of a gross salary consisting of a fixed salary, including pension, customary benefits, that's car, telephone, newspaper, a cash bonus amounting to up to 40% against previously 30%, so as to be consistent with market conditions. And finally, share options, where the value at the time of allocation may not exceed 25% of the gross salary. So these variable, salary, these variable salary components are intended to ensure value creation and compliance with the company's short and long-term goals. Total remuneration for the Group of Secretary Management in 2011 was 25 million kroner against 23 million in 2010. Now, the Group CEO um, received 9 million out of this amount, which was unchanged from 2010. Now, prospects. Outlook for 2012. There are no changes since we made the announcement on the 21st of February this year. We still expect uh, revenue 24 to 26 billion and EBITDA ratio at about 10%. Order intake and revenue are expected to remain stable or increase in all divisions, uh, but the operating margin is expected to decline in cement and non-ferrous because they have, in previous years, benefited from favorable terms and successful execution of orders, you know, orders that were actually received before the onset of the global financial crisis. F.L. Smith has a strong financial base, a sustainable business model, competent employees, and a strong market position in global growth industries. So I'm firmly convinced that F.L. Smith is in a strong position to make the most of its considerable growth potential over the coming years. Today, I would like to express special words of thanks to the two board members who are not running for re-election. Jesper Olvesen, unfortunately, can't be here today, but he deserves great thanks for his dedicated efforts over the last seven years. Jens Stephenson, deeply involved and committed to the F.L. Smith Group for a generation ties with the families behind F.L. Smith and also because of his many years of service as Vice Chairman of the Board and also actually as Interim CEO of F.L. Smith Milieu. Finally, I wish to thank the Executive Management and my colleagues on the Board for their good cooperation and to acknowledge the great efforts made by the group's 13,000 employees at home and abroad in 2011. Thank you so much. There is now an opportunity for shareholders to ask questions or give comments concerning the annual report and the other items on the agenda that have been mentioned. Obviously, the floor is open, um, so anyone can speak. Um, first of all, uh, true to tradition, I give the floor to Klaus Ostergaard as the president of the Salaried Workers Association of F.L. Smith. Chairman of the meeting, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm the new president of the Danish uh, Association. 
Pella Anderson decided three years ago that he was going to resign, so I've just taken over. The Salaried Workers, Salaried Employees Association, we represent all FL Smith employees whose salary is paid from Denmark. We're, we form one association. That gives us good strength um, in the light of the challenges that we have in a more and more globalized FL Smith. FL Smith has always seen the work in our association as part of our working hours. And that shows us that actually management understands the importance of being able to interact directly with employees. Management is open, they're willing to listen, uh, that we, the sort of rank and file employees, feel and they listen to us. And that's a great, uh, that's a strong point for, for a company. And we certainly believe that that can be continued. We'll certainly work to ensure that we can continue this good relationship. Now, reductions in employees. We've seen new tendencies and trends in recent years in F.L. Smith. So the business has moved. But sometimes you say, well, the business has moved, but you as an employee have not moved, so we don't need you anymore. Some people in the room might think, yeah, that's, that's the world today. <laughs> there you go. But as an employee representative, obviously, you always have to ask, you know, the company, did you give these people the opportunity to move, to, to, to develop, right? So the annual report tells us that F.L. Smith is a knowledge enterprise. Employees are the most valuable asset. In addition, it's always a challenge to attract and retain employees with the right competences. That's true. As, as it's written, fully agree. Management is clear uh, when it talks about this. So we'll look forward to continuing working on these topics because uh, bringing a good influence to bear in this area is one of my goals as the new president of the Employees Association. We will take initiatives to discuss selected uh, specific questions with management where we can see uh, challenges, but where we are certainly looking forward to good cooperation with management so that together we can make F.L. Smith even better. I'd like to take the opportunity here to praise all the work that has been done by the executive management and the board directors in regard to the new strategy. And I'd like to give you extra praise for the communication you've provided also to the public, the general public. Very few Danish companies have been given that much attention in the press, you know, just by telling where are we headed, where are we going. And that's very important because, I mean, we'll be fighting for the good young people, right? They want to associate us with a serious and good approach the way we also see it, if we're going to attract the best young people. On behalf of um, our association, I'd like to thank the Vice President, Jess Stephenson. We just heard it. He's leaving. So this is actually the last seat on the board from the old families in F.L. Smith. That's sad because you are a great capacity and a great human being. But that being said, I wish you a good AGM on behalf of all the employees. I'd like to express our hope of continued growth and progress for F.L. Smith. Thank you. The next speaker, Mr. Klaus Wienbler, representing ATP, which is the uh, Wage Earner Supplementary Pension Fund. Thank you. Klaus Wienbler is my name. Um, representing ATP. I'd like to thank the chairman for his report for the year under review.
I'd like to congratulate you on a good result. Particularly minerals showed a good result and strong progress in terms of order intake. The annual report talked about a new talks about a new structure for the company and new ambitious financial objectives. I'd like to praise you for these new initiatives. They seem spot on in terms of ensuring the best possible utilization of the strong platform that FL Smith has, particularly has built up recently in recent years in minerals. Now, FL Smith has, you know, has gotten through the financial crisis uh, and now has a strong basis for utilizing future growth potential. Strong platform, we've seen it through a number of good acquisitions. GLNV in particular strengthened FLS. We can hope, and I do believe, that any you know future acquisition of Ludovica, as was mentioned, will also contribute towards strengthening the strategic platform. Even if uh, some of the communication and the noise on that communication in regard to that particular transaction, we could have done without. Another advantage in the new strategy that has been reported is that it will contribute, the way I see it, to giving better insight into where value is actually created in the company. And that's going to have a, a good positive effect uh, also on the pricing of the FL Smith share going forward. I'm convinced of that. I'm also convinced that FL, if FLS uses and utilizes its strong platform and delivers in terms of its uh, um, goals, I think we as shareholders can expect a very attractive return on our investment. Now, of course, cyclical trends and what have you can, can give problems, but the basis, the preconditions are in order. So I'd like to wish the board of directors, the executive management and the employees all the best for the coming year. Thank you. Next speaker, Mr. Peer Yule from the Danish Shareholders Association. Thank you. Pierre Juhl is my name. As you heard from the Danish Shareholders Association, we handle the interests of private investors. In 2011, F.L. Smith achieved a result that was better than 2010, not least because of a wonderful fourth quarter. Congratulations on that one. It would seem like orders keep flowing in, so that's a good thing. Management recently um, introduced a new strategy and structure where services have now been separated into, into their new division. That makes sense because F.L. Smith sees itself more and more as a service company and services often contribute well to contribution margins and actually you can sell a product, you can sell more than, than the product. Right, You sell a product and then maybe 10 years of services you can provide after that. That makes good sense. The new strategy also includes new financial ambitions. You can see it on page 5 in the annual report. One of the ambitions is that the EBITDA margin should be between 10 and 13 percent and the tax percentage between 30 and 32 percent. So you could tease a little bit and you know, ask you, what if you get above the 13 percent? What's going to happen then? 
But I mean, that's a challenge we can live with. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> More seriously, as I noted, it's been mentioned also here by Mr. Van Sonsen, is that the annual report says on page 67 that the bonus can go up now to 40% of the gross salary. Have you been a bit preemptive, I mean, in terms of celebrating? Today it's 30%, right? I mean, we're going to vote about the 40% in the report. It's written like it's already been adopted, the way I read it. Anyway. And then Ludovici, the Australian company where you've submitted a bit. You offered 7.2 Australian dollars, but then there was another suitor, and then F.L. Smith you went up to 11 right? $11. That's expensive, I think. Before F.L. Smith fell in love with Ludovic, the share was only 3.5 Australian dollars. So that's a premium. 214% premium on the normal price of the share. If you look at Ludovic, it's a PE of about 25. Well, it's expensive, but perhaps there are enough synergies to be obtained difficult to see as a shareholder because Ludovic will probably form part of more than one division so they'll be sort of be absorbed into the accounts in that way. I'd like to ask you, if you win it, will it be visible in future annual reports how much Ludovic contributes to the bottom line so that as a shareholder you can, you can form an opinion and an impression of it. Thank you. Jesper Langmark from PFA would like to speak. And then after that, we will hear the chairman of the board who can answer the questions that have been asked. And after that, the fall will be open again. Thank you. I'm Jesper Langman. I'm the director of PFA Capital Administration. On behalf of PFA, I'd like to congratulate you with your excellent result in 2011. Since Jan-Hoon Rasmussen took over as CEO 1st January 2004, FLS has been through a very successful turnaround. Who cannot remember all the problems that the company had at the beginning of this millennium? But with the targeted effort, we've been able to bring the company on track, focusing on cement and then more and more on mining and minerals. PFA takes a very positive look at the development the company has undergone. FLS has turned a big loss in 2003 to a big profit in 2011, $2 billion, uh, before tax. In that period, until today, the return on the share has been more than 600%. The Danish share stock market, the same period, gave a return of just over 100%. In other words, you've generated uh, impressive extra return because of your big focus on shareholder value. Now you have a new structure, and that's certainly going to make value creation more visible in the company. That's going to, we, we take a very positive look at that. With the big investment budgets, for instance, of the mining companies in the coming years, we do believe in continued progress for F.L. Smith. Uh, the company has made acquisitions in equipment for the mining industry so as to be better braced for the future. This is a strategy the PFA fully supports. Finally, on behalf of PFA, once again, I'd like to thank board and management for an excellent result. Thank you for your attention. And in a moment, I'll give the floor to the chairman of the board. But before then, um, I'd like people to, you know, by a show of hands, uh, let me know who wants to speak after that. 
you'll have the opportunity. A couple of people have asked for the floor. Now, if you want to speak later on and you sit at the back of the room, you can move up here to the front row in preparation. But first over to the chairman of the board. Thank you, and thank you for these interventions and the, uh, the words of praise. Uh, we certainly appreciate that. Now, I'm going to comment on a question asked by Pierre Yule and Jürgen Huno Rasmussen will talk about Ludovici. Now, bonus, the adjustment of the bonus. The thing is that last year at the AGM, we adopted a remuneration policy. The adjustment that is being proposed this time around has to do with saying that the maximum bonus for the executive management can go up from 30 to 40 percent of the uh, basic salary or the gross salary. This is uh, in accordance with the market simply to have a remuneration concept that is competitive um, when you look at our peers and other comparable companies. Thank you. Well, you learn and live, right? You live and learn and all that stuff. You have to be very cautious about what you say about acquisitions in Australia. We've learned the lesson. I can tell you that formally we are still subjected to various legal restrictions about what we can say. So I cannot give you every detail about our planned acquisition of Ludovici. But I can tell you that we are keen on acquiring it. That's not a coincidence. It will be a strategic leap forward for F.L. Smith. We can only compare with what happened in 07 when we acquired GL&V in Canada. All of a sudden, this we gave us a strong position in the cover industry where we had only been, you know, a peripheral player. And when we hopefully acquire Ludovic in Australia, we will have a similar position in coal. Whether you like coal as a source of energy or not, it's a fact that it will be one of the most used uh, energy sources for a number of generations going forward. And we wish to be part of that, and we can do that through that acquisition. Well, what's expensive, what's too expensive, everything's, everything's relative. As the chairman of the board said, the multiple we look at uh, compared with the profit in Ludovic is less than we paid for GLNV. And GLNV is one of the best, you know, transactions we've ever we've ever had. Times are different, that is true, but also opportunities are really important. The Danish Shareholders Association said that the price-earning ratio is is kind of high. That sort of covers the concept covers how many years do you need to make a profit in the company to pay back the price you paid for it. But that's not the way it's going to work for us. And that's the way I have to disappoint you by saying that it's not going to be directly visible in our accounts or financial statements what the return is in terms of Ludovice, from Ludovice. Now, the important point is that that company fits into many contexts in our company. It gives us a much stronger position in Australia, which is a very important country for mining. In addition, it has more than half its activities in services. So that's going to stimulate our service business also globally. And this will also be visible, certainly, in the services division, the new one. And then it has a number of technologies that we can use outside Australia. Ludovic is basically only in Australia, whereas we, as you know, we're everywhere, 
right? So we can use that technology and take it to other places. So the positive effect that we can see in a number of areas and all the major synergies will be expressed many different places in our company and therefore also in the financial statements. But I can certainly tell you as shareholders that uh, the board of directors obviously is keeping a close eye on us, you know, what's going to be the return and all that, what's going to be uh, so externally that's information we cannot give for reasons of, of competition. There are things we cannot uh, divulge there. But if and when the acquisition is is carried out, I can at least tell you that we take a very positive look at the opportunities involved. There's a gentleman here who asked for the floor. And please start by giving us your name and then the gentleman over there to my right afterwards. My name is Kil Bayer. I'd like to start by congratulating board and management with an excellent result. I've written to the company, I've also written to other companies about the same points, because it's the same points that have been wrong in all the companies that I look at. Uh, because the uh, Danish Financial Statements Act is not in accordance with developments. Because what I'm asking for, actually the company has complied with to a high extent. F.L. Smith is the company that is best in compliance with the things that I've asked for when I've written to the company, so that's great. But there's still a few things that, that I'm looking for that I haven't, you know, the share capital, for instance, in the five-year overview is not there. I can live with that, but you haven't uh, written the size of the share. So it's difficult to make your calculations year by year throughout the five-year period uh, when you don't have the size of the share in, in each given year. It's important to know that if you pay 337 krona and 50 euro, um, if that's the price, you only get a 5 krona share. It would be more fun to have one nominally of 100 krona uh, when you look in relation to dividends and so on. But you have complied with my wish concerning op share options for employees. Page 140, I can see that share options, 27,806 shares have been uh, involved. Now, what has been paid for those shares? I would like to know that. And the employees who got them, what, what, what's, what's in the money there? I mean, I can't really figure this out. These new options and what have you, it's so difficult to understand what's going on with share options. There needs to be more transparency, I believe. Uh, what do you buy them for, the, the shares that you pass on to employees. But hopefully there'll be some clarification of that. Now, employees should be given good pay if they deserve it. Not all these share options, that's my view. How can I put it? There's a bit of psychology in it, whether a share is, I mean, the price of a share is high or low. I, I, it doesn't really have to do with the employees. Now, profit for the year, that's important. What did the individual employee contribute towards the bottom line? The other thing, you know, about the price of the share, that's for the shareholders to 
to be concerned with. So share options, I don't think employees should have. I've also written a bit about the website. I think your website by now is, is very good. It's difficult. It's not difficult anymore. You can find the search menus, you can find the quarters, you can find all the information you need. So I'd like to praise you for all of that. And uh, I wish you all the best going forward. Thank you. There was a gentleman over there who asked for the floor. I could only see a hand. I'm sorry about that, says the chairman of the meeting. I'd like to hear if anybody else wishes to speak after the next speaker. At the moment, I cannot see anyone else asking for the floor. I will be certain to ask once again. My name is Nicole Anderson. So yes, it was a woman. I'm sorry you couldn't see that from, from the distance. I'm talking about on behalf of the shareholders association called Best Women. We were established a couple of years ago so that there could be more women on the boards of Danish companies. We bought shares in a number of the C20 uh, companies that gives us access so we can speak at the AGMs of these companies. We also bought shares in F.L. Smith, and that's why I'm here today. Before I start my actual intervention, I'd like to congratulate the employees, the executive management and the board directors. Congratulations on an outstanding performance in 2011. Obviously, we are pleased with that as shareholders. The purpose of my intervention here today is to point out to you that there are too few women represented on Danish boards in the big companies. We are pleased that the board of F.L. Smith now actually have nominated Caroline Grégoire Saint-Marie um, to the new board, but there's still a long way to go. We would like to see in the future more women on the boards and also on the board of F.L. Smith. Recently, the media have talked a lot about the participation of women on the board and in the management of Danish companies in general. Also because of the fact that women are only 6% of the members of the boards of Danish listed companies. When we disregard the board members elected by the employees, right? That's a sad record, actually. In, in Europe or certainly in the Nordic area. It's our view that this is a loss to society because billions are invested in education for women. Companies, in this case F.L. Smith, if you do not search broadly when you recruit new members for the board, you don't get the best. Women are half of this world. F.L. Smith is a global company. It can't be right that in this whole world, there's only one woman who's qualified to sit on the board of F.L. Smith. It's important to stress, we do not doubt the qualifications of the existing board members, certainly not. But our point is that the composition of the board is simply not appropriate. This is not a question of, you know, uh, a women's battle or a female struggle or what have you. No, it's a question of good corporate management. Uh, 
Danish international studies show that companies benefit also on the bottom line from having a broadly composed board of directors. Diversity makes for younger, braver and different companies and, as mentioned, better bottom lines. Gender is just one aspect, although it is an important one. So we encourage the board of F.L. Smith to work seriously with this issue. How can we as shareholders be certain that our investment going forward is well protected when the composition of the board of F.L. Smith does not reflect the diversity of our society, not adequately. F.L. Smith has a goal. You want to increase the number of female managers from 8%. You want to go up to 10% in 2014. That's positive. It's one step forward. Is F.L. Smith planning to have an objective of having more women on the board as part of your work with good corporate management? Carlsberg, the brewery, they just did it. Their objective now says 40%, at least 40% women on the board by 2015. That's a brave choice. But we also think it's a choice that shows that it is possible. Thank you so much for your attention. See you next year. I look forward to hearing about the result of your deliberations. I'd like to give the floor to Paul Eric Tofter. He's going to comment on the question from Mr. Kelbaya concerning share options. As regards the question concerning share options and average uh, utilization price, uh, page 140, it's a number of different people. There's no average that we have. We have no tradition for calculating the average of that. So that's the information we have right now concerning the prices of these shares. And Vaughn Sanson will comment on the other questions. I would like to say to Nicole Anderson that um, on the board of F.L. Smith, we are certainly working to increase diversity, as I said it in my report. In a number of divisions, we're also going to have more international board, but certainly also more diversity in the form of more women on the board. So of the two uh, that we have here today, one of them is a woman. That's 50%, isn't it? <laughs> one of the two new nominations. We all already have a woman on the board, so, uh, so that's going to be two women on the board. Basically. I mean, I, I was signed the operation chain reaction that that the uh, Minister for Equality launched. I signed that. So I, I really believe in that, that we should increase diversity, and it's a positive course. But the most important thing to work on in the short term, or medium term at least, is the recruitment basis. How do you do that? Well, you need to have more women in management, you know, to get them into the board. So that's what we're saying. We want, first of all, to have more women in our management. And then it will come, you know, automatically. 
certainly in the longer term, it will mean that the number of women on the Danish boards will automatically increase. I'm certain of that. I was very pleased that uh, Caroline Grégoire Saint-Marie um, has accepted our nomination for, for the uh, board. I can be quite open about that. We have as a requirement that you have to have been a CEO. You must have been the top person in a big company. And that's what we say because of the complexity of our company. We do believe uh, people on the board must have that background. So what we need to do, and that, that's not just F.L. Smith, but all companies, is the recruitment basis to make sure we have more women in management, top management, and then uh, board positions will follow automatically. Does anyone else wish to speak? One person, please move forward. Anyone else after that? I do not see anyone else asking for the floor. Oh, there's one more person. Okay, that'll be after this speaker. I'm Ida Holst, and my mother has shares in the company. But I'm going to inherit, right? So it's important for me, too, how the company is uh, doing. I wasn't really expecting to get up here and speak today, but I was a little bit irritated when I, heard, when I hear about women and percentages in the same sentence. Obviously, there are, as we heard, women who have the competences that are required. They certainly do exist. They can sit on the board of F.L. Smith. Obviously, you know, there should probably be more women on, on this board. But if you choose to say... 40% must be women by 2015, that's really, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice. You know, it's not the number of women. It's not about women, really. You need the most competent people on the board and other boards. That's my view. In that connection, perhaps we should look more. Instead of focusing on who should join, Maybe we should focus more on those that might that, that possibly should leave the board. I'm not criticizing anybody. No, no. But there's only 24 hours in a day, right? And sometimes you can wonder. Now, you have the chairman here. He's also the CEO of a company. If you're doing serious business, I'm sure that's the case. That's not an eight-to-four job. If you're a CEO of a company, you work long hours, 10, 12 hours a day, I'm sure. Now, in addition, we've just heard that there are six board, meeting, six board meetings in a year. If you're a member of 10 boards, I think the chairman of F.L. Smith here is a member even more. That is 60 meetings a year. That's many if you have a full-time job as a CEO at the same time. The chairman of F.L. Smith is not the only one who has all these many posts and jobs. If you look at the 100, 100 biggest companies in Denmark, it would be interesting to see how many male board members above the age of 50 are simply represented on all these boards, you know, so many boards. It's the same people. As said, 
I'm certain they've all been CEOs. Uh, they are highly qualified and have the best paperwork, you know. But timing, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day. And that also applies to CEOs and board members. So that's why, in my view, instead of focusing on having more women in, perhaps we should make sure that some of the repeats should leave. So some of those whose names appear in, on so many boards. I would say you could be a member of five boards as a max if you also run a big company as a CEO. Obviously, you would receive uh, less in terms of uh, board fees, and that's sad. But that will give room to new people, men and women, if you choose. Only to go, you know, on the basis of qualifications, I'm certain women will come automatically. Thank you. I'm just going to give the floor to the chairman of the board, Vaughn Sørensen, and the other gentleman who will be speaking. Please move forward and be ready. Thank you, Ida Holst, for your intervention. I'm not really going to comment on it uh, except one thing. I am actually not a CEO of any company. I, I'm not. I, I, only am a, I only do board work. So uh, Ida Holst said, if you're a CEO, you could be on the board of five companies. Well, I'm not a CEO, so maybe that's the reason why I can sit on ten boards. My name is Gorm Bjering Sørensen. I'm a shareholder. The last speaker here, she said what I wanted to say. I think that was splendid what she just said. It's important. When women join the board, Obviously, they must have the competences and the knowledge about what's going on, that's for sure. And lots of women have that. Uh, but why is it that there's so many men on the boards? Well, maybe they have more of a hands-on feeling for what's going on in the company. I don't know. It's The important thing for us as shareholders is that the people on the board have the competences, skills, and knowledge about how the company is run and how it should be run going forward. That's all. That's all. So I'll be very brief. So, I mean, it would be great to have 50% women on the board. Sure, I would love that, provided they have the knowledge, competences to be members of the board. Thank you. Anyone else who wishes to speak? That is not the case. So we may, I suppose, consider the uh, report to be, well, let, let me just uh, hear whether the chairman wishes to comment. No, no, this, uh, the chairman doesn't need to get back here. So that being said, can we say that we have finalized the discussion about the annual report? Now. The actual review that we just heard is automatically um, accepted. So item one, we have finalized. Item two, we have heard the presentation. We've seen it, the annual report 2011. We'll come back to the question of board fees. But are there any other questions concerning the annual report? Item two on the agenda for 2011. It's not the case, so I consider the annual report duly approved.
There's one note in the account that we will come back to now. Item 3 on our agenda is approval of the Board of Directors' fees for 2011 and 2012. Many companies now, inspired by good corporate governance, are changing the way they do it. They adopt the board fees for the current year rather than for the previous year. So we will start, uh, this company will start doing this. So we'll do both. So we note 43, page 126 in the annual report for 2011. That's then last year's uh, board fees based on unchanged calculation principles from 2010. Are there any questions or comments concerning the board's fees for 2011? That is not the case. Can I consider that duly approved? Duly approved. Second point, then, under 3B, that is then the board's fee, be fees for 2012. The, the proposal is to use the same as in 2011 and 2010, the same basic fee, the same principle. Any questions, comments, other proposals? If not, I think we can consider that duly approved. That brings us to item 4. Uh, on the agenda, it's interesting for the shareholder, of course. This is the distribution of profits. And the proposal from board directors is a dividend of nine corner per share, a total of 479 million, and that's 33% of the profit for the year. The thing is, uh, the general meeting can only reduce the dividend compared with the proposal from the board directors. It doesn't seem like the shareholders are going to do that. So the uh, proposal from the board of directors has been duly approved. Next one, we've already uh, discussed to a certain extent election members to the board of directors. Article 11 of the Article Association says that five to eight members must be elected at the AGM. As you already heard, there are two members resigning, yes, Bovison and yes, Stephenson. And we have Vaughan Sørensen, Torkil Benson, Martin Evert and Steen Jakobsen who are proposed for re-election. And then for the two vacant seats, as we've already heard, Tom Knutsen is proposed and Caroline Grégoire Saint-Marie. So over to the chairman of the board to give you the reasons for these nominations. Thank you so much. Tom Knutsen, would you stand up, please, so people can see you? Now, when Jesper Overson said he didn't want to run again, we really lost a, a financial capacity on the board. Tom Knudsen is a rare combination of a broad, long financial experience and expertise. He's been the CFO of big Danish companies, NKT, for instance, and Nairo, and a lot of experience as the CEO uh, of... NKT, Danisco, high level of uh, internationalization, high complexity like F.L. Smith, and also high level of competence in acquisitions and M&A. In addition, Tom Knudsen from 2002 to 05, he was actually a highly valued member of our board, so he knows our company, and so he can you know, we we're very happy to, to, to welcome him back, to nominate him for the board. Now, since Jens Stephenson is leaving, and that's because of age, we, will, we are losing, actually, our cement experience, if you like, our cement expertise. 
We're very pleased that we've succeeded in finding Caroline Grégoire Saint-Marie, who has a very relevant background to, to, to take over on the board. Originally, she had a very substantial financial background, but then more than 10 years' experience from the cement industry, Lafarge, one of our biggest customers, first in charge of M&A, and then as CEO in some of the big regions, Germany and Czech Republic in Lafarge. And then Tarmac, CEO of Tarmac, owned by another of our customers, Anglo-American, but they also had a cement division. And actually, they purchased uh, plants from F.L. Smith back then. Now, today, uh, Caroline has a very important uh, position, board positions in, in France, in big global complex uh, companies, Safran, for instance. And so, uh, in Caroline, we are very pleased that we have actually a real expert in cement who can take over from Jens Stephenson. And she's a woman. That does not reduce our enjoyment of her nomination. There's a comment here. Before I give the floor to the chairman, does anyone else wish to speak? There's one person who wishes to speak, or maybe two concerning the nominations for the board. My name is Kiel Tuman. I'm a shareholder of FLS. The chairman mentioned that Tom Knudsen, I'm going to talk a bit about him, he had a key role in the sale of Danisco. This thing about sales, maybe the chairman didn't mention that. That was a somewhat disputed case. Because of Tom Knudsen's handling of the sale of Danisco, I do not trust his competences as a member of the board of FLS, even if uh, he was actually on the board previously. I know. I, there's no way I can get a majority for my lack of trust in Tom Knudsen and his candidacy, but I would certainly like to have a vote to see whether other people agree with me that his handling of the sale of Danisco was not well done for us shareholders. So what I'm asking is for a vote, yes or no, to Tom Knudsen. And that's okay, because with this little gadget here, I mean, some people already know it, I don't. You vote anonymously, so nobody else can know who voted what. So I'm going to vote against. So it's not going to be a written, obviously, it's going to be electronic. But I would like to ask for a vote concerning his candidacy. There's one more speaker, Kill Bayer, I think. Does anyone else wish to speak? And then we'll come back to the question of the vote afterwards. Yes, my name is Kier Bayer. I'm also against um, electing Tom Knudsen for the board. I would like to ask him to withdraw his candidacy for the following reason. I sent a letter to Danisco saying that they should convene a general meeting so that an extraordinary general meeting, so that shareholders could be asked uh, what they thought about the sale, where he was going for himself to make 100 million kroner. That was ignored. It was sold. He got his money. That's not the way you treat uh, shareholders. And that's why I do not trust 
Tom Knudsen and would like to ask him to withdraw. Like the previous speaker, I would say that perhaps F.L. Smith has enough votes to get him elected. But I think we need to we need to show that that was not okay what he did with Denisco. So I'm encouraging uh, people here in the room not to vote or to vote against him. To show you know you can't treat shareholders like that in Denmark. You, that you ask shareholders when you sell a company, you don't do it just to get 100 million for yourself. What about all the jobs that were lost? What if we had sold Novo Nordisk 10 years ago because the CEO had to make some money? Wow, what a loss for Denmark. What a lot of jobs we had lost. This is the same thing here with Danisco. They had this uh, second generation bioethanol could have become a great product, and now it's being sold. Well, you only see the tip of the iceberg of what you could have you could have gotten from it, and the CEO wanted to make some money for himself. That's my view, and that's not okay. Before we go on to a possible vote, I'd like to hear if anybody else wishes to comment or propose a candidate. does not seem to be the case. Okay. I have discussed with the chairman of the board. The chairman does not feel that there should be any other comments. There's no need for that. We can move on to the vote. And I'd like to comment on that. The thing of it is that under the Danish Companies Act, the rule says that in a situation like that, you cannot insist on a vote. But we are prepared to do it. And it would be sad not to use our little gadget, right, now that we have it. What we're going to do is to show you a little film as an introduction so that you can see how it's going to be done. Even as your personal kind of ballot you're going to use, you're registered when you arrived. You can only vote when the voting is open. You can see it on the screen on your e-voter. When voting is not open, any entries you make will not be registered. So you've got to wait till the voting opens. To elect candidates, you must use the number keys. Each candidate has a number. It's shown up here on the screen. You enter the name of the candidate you want to vote for, and then you press Send. Chair of the meeting will inform you when you may vote for the respective candidates. When he opens the vote for candidate number one, and you wish to vote for that candidate, you press 1 and Send. When your vote has been received, you get a receipt on the screen of your e-voter showing you what you voted. It's important you make sure you get the receipt. This is your confirmation that your vote has been received. It may take up to 20 seconds before you receive your receipt. When everybody has had the opportunity to vote, the chairman will move on to the next candidate. You will not be able to vote for more candidates than those announced by the chairman at the start of the election. If you vote for more candidates than permitted, you will receive a message saying that you have already voted for candidates. And when the voting is over, the results will be presented. If you need help, 
please contact a representative of the company. Please stay in your seat and just raise your hand. Right, it's very simple. I guarantee you that. We've used it uh, Tuesday this week and Thursday yesterday. We used it without any difficulty. So in a moment, we are going to vote. Let me say initially, you can obviously vote for all six. You can vote for one, two, three, four, five, or six. There are no more candidates than six, so do not press any number higher than six. That's not a good idea. Let me go through them one at a time. It can take up to 20 seconds, as we just heard in the film. I'm going to, you know, just pause before we move on to number two. Do not despair. Uh, if you lag behind, put up your hand and somebody in the room will help you. It'll be okay. So now we will open the voting process. So hopefully the display is will be lit. Here on mine is now blue. It says vote. The first one we can vote for is Vaughn Sørensen, the chairman. If you want to vote for him, you press 1 and send. And you will see it doesn't take long. It doesn't even take 20 seconds before it said stimped, meaning voted. I can see it on mine. So I'm just going to wait to make sure that everyone has received that. So I'm looking to the back and in the room to see if anybody needs help. Put up your hand if you need any assistance and somebody will come running to help you. We do have the paper version also if the technology doesn't work. Anybody? There's one gentleman in the middle of the room here who seems to have a problem. We will move on with the others. Uh, that gentleman will we'll receive the assistance he needs to catch up with us. Next candidate, Torquil Benson, that's number two. If you want to vote for Torquil Benson, please press two and send. I've done it. I have received my receipt. It's a secret vote. I shouldn't tell you that I actually voted for him, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, we can spend then a few seconds before we move on to the next one on the list. Maybe a few people up here who need a bit of assistance. So I'll just wait a little while before we move on. Or maybe that was a gentleman who received assistance. It seems to be okay now. Number three on my list, Martin Evert. If you want to vote for Martin Evert, please press 3 and send. I think it's much less than uh, 20 seconds, right? I get my receipt in a couple of seconds, I think. Once again, if anybody's waiting for a receipt hasn't or has any other problem about the vote, just about the vote. I don't want to hear about your other problems. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to number four on the list. Mr. Steen Jakobson, that's number four. If you want to vote for Steen Jakobson, please press four and send. Wow, 
receipt comes quickly, I already have it, but I'm not going to brush this, so we'll take our time. Make sure the computer has time to count the votes, right? Would seem that there's no one else who has any problem. Let's move on to number five on the list, and that's Tom Knudsen. Those who wish to vote for Tom Knudsen, please press five and send. I have my receipt up here. I hope that if you wanted to vote for Tom Knudsen, you have also received your receipt. Any technical difficulties? Does not seem to be the case. We're doing quite well. It's efficient. Think of this if we had to do a written ballot. And another new candidate, Caroline Grégoire Saint-Marie. Press 6 and send to vote for her. I have my own receipt. But now is the critical time because there's no one else you can vote for. Do not press any more numbers, please. When I say that voting is over, it is over. It's not. It cannot be reopened. So I have to be absolutely certain that nobody has a problem that hasn't been solved. Any problems about the vote? No, the voting is over. My display has turned off. So VP sitting up at the back is doing the counting and Quite soon, on a screen up here, I'll be able to see whether they have finished the counting of the votes. Forty-five seconds until we have a result, I've been told. So, some soft music would have been nice, right? So I didn't have to speak. Ah. If this had been a ballot, we would not have been talking about 45 seconds, but 45 minutes. This is a new opportunity. I think that's certainly going to be a, a standard feature going forward. It's very efficient. Yes, like in a parliamentary election, you vote, you vote for one person. You can see the votes that are in favor. That's the same here. I have a result we can put up on the screen. These are the uh, numbers that will be in the minutes from the AGM. Let's move on to the next item on the agenda, appointment of an auditor. The board directors moves that Deloitte should be re-elected, reappointed as the company's auditor. Any other nominations? That is not the case. So congratulations to Deloitte. 
Item 7. That's a number of proposals from the Board of Directors. First one, 7-1, is Treasury shares. It's a standard item. It's on the agenda of most listed companies. Most companies are asking to be allowed to purchase Treasury shares up to 10% at a price plus minus 10% of the value on the uh, stock exchange. It's being asked for one year ahead. It's business as usual. Any questions? Does anybody wish to comment on the question of treasury shares? What happens with those shares? Somebody, please, uh, if you have any questions, you should go up to the restroom here. I can see Mr. Kelbayer on his way. Another gentleman can also come up here, but please use the microphones for your questions. Well, when a company can acquire more and more of its own shares, now, when you have a vote about a person for the board, the shares that the company has, who decides that? I mean, do you, do you, what, what information do you use in a vote like this? No, you don't have a voting right on your own shares, on your treasury shares, so that's clear. Any other questions? Does anyone insist on a vote on this item? Unless I hear anything else, I consider this duly approved. Is that accepted? Next item. It's a preparedness, if you like. A company used to have an authorization to possibly increase the share capital. Many companies are asking for it. About 10% of the share capital are asking for it with or without a preemption right for existing shareholders as the board decides this year. This is reworded because of the Danish Business Authority has changed its practice. It's not We haven't used it in this company for a couple of years, but it's a reintroduction of that. If there are no comments, I consider this duly approved. If there are no comments, duly approved. Next uh, item on the agenda is very simple. It's simply a consequential amendment, the Arctic Association, because the Danish Commerce and Companies Agency has changed its name. It is now called the Danish Business Authority. They've already done it. There's nothing much we can do about it. So, But it would be correct to reflect it in the Arctic Association, and I cannot think that there will be any opposition to that. Next item, 7.4, has to do with languages. More and more companies are asking for the possibility, if they so wish, to hold their AGMs in English instead of Danish. Any questions or comments on this particular motion? This is not a decision to change anything. Mr. Kilby is on his way. Well, the way I feel, you know, Take good care of your old mother. Our mother tongue is Danish, and that's why I think that we should continue to hold the AGMs in Danish. To honor your old mother or your shareholders. Before I give the floor to the chairman of the board, I'd like to hear if anyone else wishes to comment. Over to the chairman, Ron Sørensen. 
Well, I can tell you that uh, this is a question of having flexibility. We have no plans at the moment to change anything in terms of languages for the AGM, which is to have this uh, opportunity if at some point we might wish to do so. But there are no plans at this point. Now that I have the floor, let me just answer the another question. I think we skipped a little bit. What are we going to do with these treasury shares? They're going to be part of our holding of treasury shares. We can use them for share option programs, for instance, and one of the reasons why we are asking for this authorization. Any other questions, comments concerning the question of language? It's not a specific decision to turn into English, but a possibility to change it. Does anybody wish us vote on this one? Not the case. I can tell you that um, I can see from the numbers, obviously, that it would be, be adopted, but it's not going to stop you from asking for a vote. Okay. Duly adopted. Next item, that's 7.5. That's the guidelines for incentive pay. We've had a debate about it when we debated the report. The change is the uh, change from 30% to 40%. The board is proposing this change. Are there any additional comments uh, to what we've already heard? It's not the case. Does anybody wish a vote on this one? It's not the case. Duly adopted. That brings us to the last item. Any other business? You can say anything, but nothing can be adopted. That's any other business. Does anyone else wish to speak? It's not the case, so over to Tokil Benson from the board. Thank you. When this AGM is over, it's the end of Jens Stephenson's 10 years as the vice chairman of the board of F.L. Smith. It's not so common at an AGM to thank a vice chairman who leaves, but, you know, the effort made by Jens Stephenson has not been quite, has been not been the usual. It's been extraordinary. So it's on behalf of the board, it's my great pleasure to speak. In 2002, F.L. Smith was in a very difficult situation. Serious losses were in the offing, failing cash flow and all that. At the same time, the original owners, the families that owned the company, had decided, they had the majority of vote at the time, they had decided that they wanted to find a new board, a completely new board, to um, carry out a turnaround for the company. We do not know the details of the internal discussions of the families. It cannot have been easy discussions. Externally, Jens became the person, the driver in composing the new board. The new board required then the approval of all the families. I was elected myself at that time, but still I would venture to say, Jens, that you put together a good team for the assignment. Had everything gone wrong, it was quite clear who would be blamed. So it's well deserved to say that your team worked. A big and complex assignment it was for the new board. The pressure on equity, liquidity, cash flow was very serious. In that process, new problems can arise, time passes, 
and people can start doubting whether you can actually succeed. That also happened in F.L. Smith. At that critical juncture where some of the families had doubts or lost faith, you made a, an all-important effort because you ensured that the necessary backing was provided by the families so that board and management got the uh, possibility to continue their work. Had you not succeeded in maintaining and holding on to the original plans, I'm convinced that F.L. Smith would have fared very poorly. You succeeded, we succeeded, but it's very much uh, your um, sterling effort that ensured it. Ten years of development, you know, have, have, have passed. The families had the majority of votes, and now you are the last member of the old families to leave the board. The transition period is over. Jens, last year at when you spoke to Jürgen Vorning expressing your thanks, you compared him with a, a feisty little dog, active, <laughs> impatient, uh, barking but quickly to, 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 to be happy again. And that wasn't that wasn't uh, that, that wasn't wrong. You're like a bear, you know, not one with the claws out and the teeth, but a nice and wise bear. That's you with a loving embrace, but also an iron hard embrace. <laughs> the boardwork. We've benefited from your iron embrace many times. You insisted that F.L. Smith is a technology company and that therefore at any time we must have styling the best technology from A to Z, from A to Z to be at the forefront of development. When we had our latest board meeting a couple of hours ago, you said the same thing. At you know every board meeting over the last 10 years, you've said we should build up the service business and you, that has happened. It's become a very important part of the whole. You had an eye for maintenance, uh, for maintaining and developing the good sides of the F.L. Smith culture that simply has been there for 125 years now. I could go on. Your strong grip has been a very important factor, a decisive factor to our development in your time as vice chairman. A couple of weeks ago, I had a strange dream. I went to an old shipyard. Uh, it wasn't working anymore, but Jens was there. He was making like a, a New York flat somewhere <laughs> on the premises. He was explaining to me, yeah, this is going to be great and so on. And there was also a big bear walking there, taking a keen interest. I was surprised that Jens had a bear in his home, but we didn't really discuss it. All of a sudden, Jens was gone and the bear was there. He came, you know, walked with me as we looked for Jens. I wasn't quite comfortable with the bear, so I got him into a room and locked the door. He got crazy, knocking on the door. I said, well, I better let him out again because if he gets really mad, you know, he can break everything. When he came out, he calmed down. But he was still walking with me. Finally, I thought, maybe he needs food. Maybe Jens has something in his fridge. And yeah, there you go. It was full of big pieces of meat. 
I gave the bear some meat and he relaxed and that was the end of my dream. The next morning I explained it to my wife and she said, that's easy. Jens is stopping. You have to manage on your own now. That's what it's all about. And actually, Jens, that's true. But we will do our best and we remember all the good advice we got from the bear, from you. On behalf of the board, I simply want to thank you for your wonderful effort and all the uh, happy hours we've had with you. I hope you will all say thanks to Jens by applauding him here as he leaves the company. Ian Stephenson, you have the floor. Yeah, now you've got to take care of the bear, right? Dear Torquil, thank you. It was too much, simply. But anyway, it's uh, of course a bit sad to be up here today that in a couple of minutes, you know, it's all over. I know that. I've been working with F.L. Smith for about 30 years because I was, you know, from one of the old families. Bente, my wife over here, is the great-grandchild of the old Paul Larson from one of the old families. I played a peripheral role initially. It was when they needed an engineer with a bit of business experience that I could help, you know, in one of the many subsidiaries where the company um, was working. So 10, 12 years ago, things really got off the ground. As Torquil said, the families left the board and there was a new executive management, a new board directors of professional business people. But I stayed on because I had, you know, helped find the new board and the new CEO and persuaded them to accept the assignments. There were quite many assignments, as you just heard. It wasn't just an honorable position. There was going to be years of hard work. We knew that. My own role, I can describe with a little story. There was a lecture by Jürgen Hune Rasmussen at Vigaslevai for some elderly gentlemen from industry. So we were just waiting to say goodbye to the host. I was down waiting. I could hear some of uh, Huno's old contractors, a colleague, say to him, Huno, what about that guy Jens? What is, what's he doing on your board? And our CEO Huno said, I don't know. He was there when I came. And perhaps that's okay. But anyway, because I knew F.L. Smith inside out, every nook and cranny. And also people who were stubborn and all these uh, un underutilized uh, opportunities existed. Uh, I mean, the CEO, the um, executive management and all the good employees and staff all over, um, you know, they are the ones that should really be Praised. I mean, what the board does is to focus on things. But there have been a couple of other assignments that, um, you see, what we've been doing also to look at the uh, 
executives that they get uh, well paid, but not too much, and that we do not have secret people getting high pay, uh, says the speaker as a comment to another Danish company at the moment. Anyway, uh, we've, I think we've been quite successful in finding good people also for the board. We've been able to present good professional candidates also for the board today. And uh, you would say, well, you actually listened. You actually nominated a woman for the board. That's right. She's down there in the first uh, row. Her name is Caroline. And I can tell you, she was a natural choice, by far the most qualified candidate of the many people we talked to. Long operational career as a CEO, European cement factories and so on. She certainly has the necessary background. She is bright. She has a sense of humor, too. And that's certainly an extra bonus. We'll be fine. You'll be fine. So, leaving the ship, I wish you all the best on your journey. Uh, bon voyage as you move forward. Gute Fahrt and good luck. That round off the formal part of the AGM. My last assignment is to give the floor to the Chairman of the Board, Mr. Vaughan Sorensen. Thank you. So, it's over for today. Thank you so much to all the shareholders who turned up here today and all the guests. Thank you for coming. And thank you for the, uh, the good interventions we've had and your commitment. We appreciate that. I think we've had a, a, a good... Um, AGM. Thank you to Mr. Serko for as the chairman of the meeting for taking us through the AGM so well. Outside in the lobby there are refreshments waiting. Thank you very